Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Nikki Fox Toys shares a story about how friends become family. That's what it sounds like when I puke. It's very ladylike, breathy. <laughs> so I apologize that none of it actually came out just now. Um, So what I understand is the theme of tonight was connections, choking. Um, The song that they've told us to kind of reference was Stand By Me. And then they said, you can tell stories about belonging, friendships, things like that. I originally started writing myself this soliloquy sketch whatever it was dumb and yesterday I said forget it I'm just gonna write it on my hand and wing it um Deb Markham's probably crapping her pants right now I was gonna tell you my stand by me story which involves me on a bridge in Kansas when a train came I'm not going to tell that story, even though it's probably really exciting. You should come back. I'll tell it some other time. Um, What I want to talk about is friendship, um, because that really struck a chord with me. And I will start this by saying, (laughs) I am a dick. (laughs) I am not friendly. People look at me and they're like, but you have such a kind face. You're so funny. You laugh. Mm -mm. And when I say that, you heard probably two or three loud laughs. Those are my friends. (laughs) So when I say I'm a dick, they're like, yes, yes, she is. She is an intolerable, unlovable asshole. But every once in a while, like, the real me comes out. And uh, if you're able to get past all the junky, shitty comments that I make, because I think sometimes I have Tourette's, um... I'm a loyal, lovable friend, and I will be your friend for a thousand years. Um, That being said, uh, tonight I'm going to talk more specifically about a certain friend. Um, We met in 1999-2000. I don't remember if it was like millennium and we were afraid that our computers and power were going to die or if that had already happened and we survived the Aztec, Mayan, whatever predictions. But I was married to a sailor and I got to live... (laughs) I got to live... I had to live in Navy housing. Um, And in Navy housing, when you first see it, it's amazing because you're 20-something and it's a three-bedroom townhouse, and it's fantastic. And so you move in, and then all of a sudden, you're next door to six strangers, not the real world. Um, I instantly uh, kind of eye-spied um, my friend Stephanie and said, I need to be friends with her. She was quirky and funny, and everyone else looked like they maybe were on the edge of death from, like, too many children, and she looked like the person I would have most in common with. So we befriended very quickly, actually. Um, She's one of the only grown women in her 40s that will still laugh at a fart. (laughs) And those happen often. (laughs) 
<laughs> when you're over 40, and they get funnier, actually. <laughs> so that happened quickly. We both started laughing at farts, and we learned each other's stories a little bit, and our kids played together. And we had to live around these neighborhoods of Navy wives. And when I say that, a lot of you probably know what that means. You know, it's a Winnie the Pooh sweatshirt wearing mom jean, Nike Velcro tennis shoe. Um, you know, you've seen them at Walmart on the 1st and the 15th of every month. So we're kind of stuck between like the religious zealot and her sling blade husband and this woman who would tell her nine-year-old daughter to tug and suck. And what that meant was pull on your nipple and suck on your thumb when you were feeling stressed out. So that's where we lived. So thankfully I had somebody in cahoots with me there. Um, We survived 9-11 in Navy housing. Um, I mean, everybody knows how awful 9-11 was and how weird it was. And for those of us that were military at the time, or still are, it was really scary because the, the hits were New York and Pennsylvania and Virginia, and then we were like, we're at the largest base here. We could be next. So everybody kind of, the weird neighbory people got a little bit more close that night. Next day, it was same old <laughs> garbage. Um, but Stephanie and I stayed friends. We um, tried to dig up 300-year-old wisteria plant on the side of Birdneck Road one day for about three hours. She wanted a wisteria plant, so that's what you do. Um, I remember, get a little serious for a second, um, I had gone home for an extent of time because my husband was away on deployment, and I was at a big, like, three-day concert um, in my small hometown of Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> and I called her from the cell phone that cost $17 a minute back then, and uh, I told her, I'm about to score some blow. And it's not something I had done in a really long time. She and I both talked about maybe having history with things like that. And she was like, you're a fucking idiot. What are you doing? You have children. Why would you do that? That's so stupid. And so I didn't. Um, So that was kind of painful because usually your friends are like, yeah, do what you want to do. It's fun. But it's really nice to have a friend that will, like, real talk smack you in your face every once in a while. So that happened. Um, She'll get mad that I'm saying this because she says she never did. But um, there was a time where, you know, you're growing your hair out. You turn into the Winnie Pooh sweatshirt, mom jean, Velcro, Nikes. And you're wearing your hair in a ponytail every day. And she actually said to me, what is your hairstyle, a ponytail? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I got my hair cut that, like, next week, and so thank you for that again as well. Real talk, friend. Um, She hated my couch that I bought, like, my very first piece of furniture, the brown couch. Fucking talked shit about that for a while. Um, and then she moved, and they, they rented a little house um, in a neighborhood not too far away, but it felt like she had moved away. Um, I would go over there and hang out. I think I helped paint a room or something like that. Uh, maybe dug a hole in their backyard for a <laughs> swimming pool. <laughs> that didn't actually happen. Um, and then 
At one point, I said something, and I don't remember what I said. She might. Um, very disparagingly about her husband. Um, and I think at the time, maybe we were going to church. This was really weird. <laughs> it didn't last very long. Um, I said something disparagingly, and she became so angry that you can say what you want, you can do what you want, you cannot talk about my husband, he's a decent man, you, just, you can't, you can't talk about my husband. And I could see how much I had hurt her, and she was right, it wasn't my place, it wasn't, to, you know, there's real talk, and then there's, you're just being a dick. Like, you can tell me, why is your hair in a ponytail? She never said anything bad about my husband or my fucking idiot kids. Um, they're idiots. Um, they're actually not. Uh, but you don't talk about your friend's spouse. It's just rude. That's their struggle. So I don't think I ever said I'm sorry, but I'm sorry for that. I think we stopped speaking for quite some time after that. She moved maybe Massachusetts first. I don't remember how that your path went. You were in Seattle, Massachusetts. We lost contact. And five, six years ago, came back to the area, and I think we kind of reconnected via Facebook, started hanging out again, and it was even better than the first time because we were both at a better place in our lives. She was a little bit more in charge of her life. I was a little bit more in charge of mine. And then she became, like, my person. Like, we're going to go somewhere. Well, let me see who Stephanie wants to go. So Stephanie would come with my husband and I on things because I was probably should have been divorced many years before I did, actually. Um, she, uh, she's the first person that I told that I was going to probably leave my husband, and it was probably about three years ago. And I would talk about it more, and I would talk about it more, and she would just listen. And, you know nod in agreement because she was going through a divorce with the guy that I had talked so disparagingly about. I was right. <laughs> um, very supportive. But then I got real talk too. You know, If you're going to go, go. Why are you sitting on your ass? She would real talk the shit out of me. But it was very welcome. Um, she's the first person that I said I might be gay to, and she didn't care. She is the person I would call when I would say, thinking about cheating on my husband, she didn't judge me. And I went through some shit recently in the last couple of months with moving out of my house, and crazy shit, doesn't matter. I called her. I spent the day sitting on her couch crying like a... Ugh, it was gross. It was really gross. It was like an ugly cry. Like, <laughs> you can't breathe. You can't blow your nose. She bought me really shitty hamburger for lunch and a beer. And then we just sat around and I cried. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter that I was a broken piece of shit. And we could still laugh and fart. Um, 
I will say that uh, you know some of this is me being hard person to deal with, and she has been through all of the bumps and the lumps. We we actually live together now, in no sexual way at all, with her 17-year-old son. We are trying to write a pilot for my two moms because the shit that happens in our house right now is probably it's Emmy Emmy award winning it is it really is and her son is I feel so bad for him um I have been to the point of pulling my car off the side of the road because I'm going to have a panic attack and I can't say that I've ever been suicidal but if I'm feeling really 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 low I can call her or text her she doesn't like to talk on the phone and then when I hug her I have to use a broom handle and touch her from afar because she doesn't like personal contact I don't even know her last name but when you talk about your family and you love your family and you're supposed to love your family the family that you choose sometimes not every day they mean more and I love you thanks that was Nikki Fox Toy sharing her story about friendship thanks Nikki for sharing your story if you'd like to join Tell Me More Live or help out in any way, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a submission and contact form, a list of upcoming shows, and more storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.